Okay, alright. Says we're live, so we're live. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. 20 days into the New Year. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> just, uh, usual scheduling setup and all that fun stuff to get the first episode of Season 5 of Cosplay Bites down and ready to roll. Um, I'm your host, Blue Lightning, and for today I have the really awesome slash badass slash killer <laughs> illustrator, uh, Avery slash ACD Ramon. Hey, what's going on? All right. Did I get it? Did I get that name right? You were close. Don't worry. A lot of people actually do uh, get it mistaken. Uh, it's pronounced Akdraman, so. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, trust me, don't don't even feel bad. Uh like a lot of people a lot of people get it wrong. A uh, lot common. of people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I just went for a brief okay. Now I know. <laughs> hey, hey, that's fine. <laughs> um so yeah, I just so I guess for going with the um my usual format, um I think I just found you through the varying Twitterverse, and yeah. <laughs> your saw your cosplays, thought you were a badass. They look good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. We'll, I mean, we'll get into that later on, and then mm -hmm. along with your other things like your art, because um, I cool to know that you're a graphic designer, because so am I. Um, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, um, and then you also have your voice acting, but like I said, we'll get into that later on but so i'm gonna basically give me your nerd origin story where did it start okay so uh since we just had the whole thing with the name the name's actually uh pretty funny um i used to go by as a kid uh the name like blazer just because i was like you know being a kid i made like this comic series and stuff but uh, I got in the runescape and that was the name i wanted to use couldn't use it because you know it's a very basic name so I was like, okay, I can't use that name. So what's a name that sounds like a dragon? Uh, uh, Draman? Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Initially, I didn't like the name, but over, huh. over the years, it kind of stuck. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a unique name, but, you know, as you just experienced, it's a, it's a name that's kind of hard to pronounce. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much where the name came from, and it has stuck ever since. Okay. So, all right, so there's that, and I'm going to assume that you've just been into, like, gaming and all the nerdy stuff, like, since growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, on the graphic design front, I was into that since fifth grade. I had to do, like, a project on it, and when I read into it, I was like, oh, my God, I think this is what I want to do for a living. So, yeah. like, yeah, I've been doing that for a long time, and the whole cosplay thing, um, like in terms of the actual like term cosplay and like when that came about and when I started doing that per se, that was like around 2014 in college. Also, sorry, <laughs> I live near a place, right. so, so you might hear that. But yeah, started in 2014, uh, my friends asked me like, hey, do you want to go to the con? There's a con that's like here every year at our community college that we do, um, you know? So I was like, yeah, sure. Like, um, I would like to do that. And that was like before I really started kind of digging my teeth into cosplay. It was more like a fun thing I'm going to do with friends. Um, and my first cosplays, technically, even though I don't necessarily count them as like my first real, real cosplays, were um, 
like a blade and and like a I think at the time eleventh doctor uh that wasn't like fully revealed. I was like, this is my OC, but like those were closet cosplays pretty much. Um okay. and then my first real cosplays were I think I, I think in like 2016, actually 2015, 2016, where I was uh Delson Rowe from Infamous Second Son and Scorpion uh from Mortal Kombat X. Ah, that's when, okay. that's when I really started getting the cosplays and I went to my first real big convention, which was Otakon. Um the voice acting stuff I've done for a while. I started with uh, Little Big Planet, uh, which has like the ability for you to record your voices. Ever since I did that, I kind of fell in love with it. Um, so pretty much at this point, all of that kind of feeds into each other. But yeah, that's like all the origins of like all the all the stuff I do. And the illustration stuff, I guess, is the only thing I haven't mentioned. I've been doing that since I was a kid because I come from a long line of people who do art in different forms so illustrate mm. just what pulled me in graphic design so okay all right cool cool um let me see so you've got all that um and they've been working pretty well i would say i mean <laughs> would you would you say so like i, I mean you yeah your, you got your patreon and all yeah. that fun stuff it's it's kind of weird. I think it's kind of like an artist mentality to kind of like look in the moment. Because uh, a lot of doing art, especially in a landscape of social media where a lot of people are like competing for other people's time, you may not fully appreciate where you are. But um, the fact that, you know, I can do illustration on Patreon and, and get paid for it uh, month by month and then do voice acting stuff, uh, get paid for that, be able to build cosplays and and be recognized for that and then feed that in my graphic design um because i do a lot of self photography and um setup and, and building of my own cosplays so i'm trying to mm. be a bit more self-sustaining in that way so i'm always kind of moving around doing different things but you know even outside of uh being self-sustaining um in the graphic design aspect i have people that i do um photo edits for so you know being able to edit my own stuff has kind of brought in that idea that other people want me to do work for them. So, right. like I said, it, it kind of all outside of like voice acting that doesn't really feed into anything per se. But like you know, cosplay feeds into you know the photography I do, which feeds into the photo editing I do, which feeds into me yeah. doing work for others, and it's kind of like this cyclical thing in a way. Um, so yeah, like I I'm very blessed to be able to do it in a way to where I can come home from my day job and focus on that sort of stuff and, you know, uh, be able to express myself in that way. Um, but, you know, in, in the moment, it kind of feels weird because you're kind of always, you know, building up, trying to make sure you're you're busy and stuff. But I really do appreciate the amount of uh, love and support, financially or not, that I that I get from a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know I've seen some of your photo edits that you've done for other cosplayers. They're really good. I know Thank you. Thank you. Photoshop isn't my strong point. Um, yeah. I'm more I'm more into Illustrator and InDesign, although I've actually been able to branch out and like away from Adobe with yeah. other design software because, um, ouch, my wallet with that money. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> you, you say that quite literally tomorrow I have to pay my Adobe subscription. So I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. It's It's more of like an industry standard thing. And like at this point, I'm so comfortable with Photoshop that I'm kind of af afraid to like branch out to other applications because even though they're similar, yeah. they have like different design quirks that uh, 
may not uh, be, you know, the best to kind of roll out into after Adobe. It's it's funny because my first um, application I did graphic design work for and illustration was was GIMP. And I remember okay. for the for the longest time, a lot of people were like, I don't understand how people can use GIMP. It's such a bad program. And I was like, I, I, I'm poor, so I have no I'm choice. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like I ended up learning that and a lot of core tenets I learned from GIMP, I ended up translating over to Photoshop. And I think at the time, even GIMP had some features that Photoshop didn't get until like years later. So I was like, yeah. whoa, oh my gosh. But yeah, so I, I understand the whole thing with like Photoshop and Ouch My Wallet. All that sort of stuff. Is, is Photoshop the only Adobe thing that you use? Uh, no, I use... Um, I don't really talk about it very often, but I also do, like, video stuff. Like, it's mostly down to just um, whenever I'm playing a video game with friends, I like to edit stuff and then throw it up on YouTube. But I don't really do that for, like, any sort of revenue stream. I just like editing stuff. Mm. So pretty much at this point, I have the old Adobe suite. I use um, my main roster of uh of adobe products i use is photoshop obviously illustrator um because i do logos and stuff like that as well um yeah audition for voice acting and then premiere and after effects for video editing okay i, I mean i would i would like have trying to help you out to get away from adobe but if you use a bunch of other yeah yeah and like yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's no, at that point where, I, where they're like it's the rooted into me <laughs> I would appreciate Adobe if you if you're here. I would love to get like a sponsorship or something to, to write my wallet. But, but yeah, like I trust. I've had this so, conversation with friends, and it's like, ah, nope, they got their claws on me. I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, because I I managed to bring because I mainly used um um Illustrator and InDesign for like logo stuff or like making mm-hmm. pamphlets and like layouts of like contracts and all that fun stuff. Um, oh yeah, oof. But then I also I do, I do not miss doing that. <laughs> I I also did audition for when I was still like in the early years of my podcasting. But then when uh, my main platform was like, no, no, you can edit the software within the within this um, website, like this um, the platform. I'm like, oh shit, mm-hmm. really? Because I essentially branched off into the affinity line of design. Ah, software. yeah. So All right. it was. Um, Okay, if I just go down, uh, Affinity Designer and Publisher, which is essentially the Illustrator and InDesign's equivalent. Oh, okay. Um, right, yeah, right when the pandemic hit, they were like, hey, we're, we're extending our free trial to three months. And um, <laughs> I'll take it. Also, also um, your, like, our software, like, you buy it and it's yours to keep. You get all the free updates that come along with it down yeah. the line. And it's also half off. So I essentially got them for 50 bucks uh, total. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been fine. Like I, I'm able to use it and actually through my job, I actually have access to the creative cloud for Adobe. So I can still use Adobe if I need to, like yeah. working from home. So, um, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, like you said, I tried to help, but if you're so ingrained <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Try to throw me a, a bit of a lifeline there. Yeah. <laughs> Financially, but yeah. Yeah. What is it, like 50 bucks? Uh, a month, yeah. Oh. Yep. Uh, it's it's actually funny. I um, Just because like, I, I started paying for it myself last year, and it was, they had like the $40 like, sign-on thing. So it was funny getting an email. I think it was like in November, and it was just like, thank you for being an Adobe subscriber for a year. Uh, pay us ten more dollars. <laughs> I was like, oh. 
Usually these sorts of emails are like, you know, oh, here's like a, a benefit for being here for a year. <laughs> but no, was, I, I thought it was more of a funny email than anything else. But yeah. <laughs> we appreciate your support. Give us more money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I kind of, it's funny because I kind of forgot that was like the thing I did. Like it was like a year long, like $40, like $10 off thing. So reading that email was just like, oh, 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 good. <laughs> So. Oh man, gone, gone were the days when I was using Adobe in college, and they had the thirty dollars a month yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Oh. Yep. oh man, it's funny because when I when so I was still using Adobe for audition for my podcast, and when I found out that Anchor allowed you to edit, I was like, oh shit! And like <laughs> I wasn't really in the mood to pay twenty bucks a month, so I yeah, yeah, yeah. They had me pay up front to quit early. I was like, oh god. Oh, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Bite the bullet. <laughs> One and done. Yep. Um. So going through to your cosplay work, um, I mean, I, I jotted down a couple that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it seem it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but most of your cosplay stems from armor work. Yes. Yes. Is that uh... your main your main forte? Pretty much, uh, you know, I'm what they call in the community like a foam smith. I, I love doing armor work. It started when I made my Batman Beyond uh, cosplay. And, you know, I'm the type of foam smith that if I can improve on a design, I would usually do that before I start um, a whole new cosplay. Um, so currently right now, um, I'm trying to, like, get into using uh, the, 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 the foam uh, it's like foam clay, I think, because um, I want to start improving my uh, Diablo Necromancer cosplay. I'm currently uh, trying to retool and, and upgrade in a way, I guess. But mm. uh, yeah, yeah, I love I love working with foam. I love um, I love trying to figure out because it's like a puzzle. And uh, ironically, yeah. even though I'm so tactile, um, I have cerebral palsy, so it's kind of you know those days where I can't necessarily build the way I want to build and and the way my brain works is that I have a a slightly hard time uh figuring out like shapes in especially like when I'm trying to translate them from 2D to 3D space uh so sure. it's always to me a, a triumph for me to build something out of foam because that's like me pretty much telling myself that like ha take that brain and body that <laughs> I could have these like limitations but I'm still able to to build stuff that people um, you know, I've, uh, I've won like not awards, so I'm not a competition cosplayer, but I've won like badges and, and, you know, uh, I've got, I've been able to, nice. um, branch off my, my work into doing things for, um, like Ubisoft and stuff, which is really, um, again, I'm really thankful and really kind of blessed to be able to have that sort of olive branch extended to me. Um, and yeah. it tells me that like whatever sort of qualms I have with the quality of my work in the moment that, um, you know, my, my work is good enough to keep improving and, and to, to get this sort of uh, attention. Um, so, like I said, like, I'm very thankful for it. But, yeah, I, I love doing phone work. It's it's therapeutic, except except when, uh, you know, it's not. And I, I run the the roadblocks that cosplayers run into trying to figure out how to, again, take take a, a, a thing that's, that's 2D um, and, and kind of not necessarily made to be in a realistic, like, real-world setting and, and trying to make it practical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I had I had some difficulties um, in making... Um, I commissioned one of my friends to make a um, gajinka out of... Um, Ooh. Uh, 
<coughs> sorry, the uh, Wolf O'Donnell look from Smash Brothers Brawl. Oh, wow. He, he was my main in the game, and mm -hmm. she did a fantastic job, and I was able to somehow learn that <laughs> chest armors can be difficult in mainly Absolutely. in getting it over my head. Like, so, like, the past two chest armors I made were swip over my head. Yeah. I always misjudged the size of my goddamn head. And yeah. I can manage to get it on, but it's just, it hurts my head when I try to get it on. So it's always a pain in the butt. And then, well, trying to make his gun from from the game, um, it was difficult in trying to make... It was basically... I was modding a um, a Nerf gun that a friend of mine uh, gave yeah. me, me had. And basically going to town on the model magic clay. Yeah. And yeah. getting it like to harden and then like... I had to like wrap it up in war blood and make it stay in its shape. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's, I, nuts. I, I love the the ingenuity we have to go through to like uh, to to make things work um, practically. Um, I, I feel you on that, like the the like trying to shape stuff when you're doing uh, like foam work and torso work. Because for me, uh, the hardest things is like uh, like more of the shape of like how the 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 back part and the front part connects because there's always a kind of like a for me it's like a weird like opening like hole when i try to move around so it looks like yeah. the 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 armor's kind of like riding on top of me instead of like a bit more form-fitting so that's difficult for me and even though i've at this point made i'm trying to look around because i have like all my helmets kind of hanging up uh on like 3d printed like uh helmet hangers um i have oh. like what like four four helmets i think i've made that like are still like usable um sadly i don't have my first batman beyond helmet anymore but technically that's five uh, actually six i made like three iterations of that helmet but um mm -hmm. i have a, a very hard time uh making helmets and that that goes back to like what i said about like me trying to figure out like shape and form yeah. um and uh yeah yeah that's like a nightmare that's probably my most hated process for for foam smithing so I've tried to like pivot into um, 3D printing helmets. Um, there's, I think, either on my Twitter or on my Instagram or both, I've been trying to print out um, a Dead Space 2 helmet, uh, the advanced suit. And because um, I have a Dead Space cosplay that isn't really con ready, but I've been trying to prep it to be convention ready. Um, and by like, adding on to it and making it a bit more secure to wear and actually printing out a helmet i have to print out again it's it's a bit too small but you know for more complex things like that i try to yeah. if i can I'll, I'll 3d print it out and try to figure out the sizing and stuff as i go along but you know yeah i know my f I'm trying to I, yeah no my first foray into armor making i wanted to it was it was i admit it was shitty i tried to, <laughs> some parts were good so i basically my first ever cosplay was the new 52 version of nightwing with his red oh, nice, emblem. nice. Yeah. And that was that was about a basic bitch as you can get. Like I I cut out all the emblems. I hot glued it to like a black Under Armour t shirt. Um when I went to go to my first con, mainly to meet uh Jessica Negri way back mm -hmm. in twenty twelve when she won the um Lollipop Chainsaw contest and became oh, a god, model. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a throwback. Holy shit! Yeah, and she packed east, and Boston was on her list, and we actually became friends through talking through a Twitter and her, God, her OG website that she had back in the day. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was that, and then that eventually got upgraded to sewing in the 
emblem into an, another black t-shirt, but then down the line, I made a, um, I tried to do, like, an armored version of him based off of his Injustice look. Mm, yeah. With, uh, I think Damian Wayne ended up being Nightwing after he killed Dick. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, God, the shoulder pieces were god-awful. I couldn't, I couldn't, because they didn't have, um, very well thought out, like, ar- um, tutorials and stuff? Re- reference models to be. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was a pain in the butt. Um, yeah. I think my favorite pieces have to be, um... Wolf's chest piece was pretty dope. I'm not. I was very proud of how I managed to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a one. I'm very weird in that sometimes I'll do just like one-off suits. So I did a one-off suit of Aquaman that he had during the Future's End event that DD had a couple years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I liked the way his armor was. So I basically made his armor, and that was a lot of. It was tedious, but it was fun making like almost like dragon scale armor for his for the whole like back, top, and like yeah. front piece. But then, arguably, my most prized um, cosplay creation was um, I carved out uh, Riku's Way to Dawn keyblade out of wood and oh, went to God. ham on it on like painting and what. Yeah, so I got fortunate because this was back when I was still in college. Um, my campus had a, um, like a nearby building that was part of the school. It was like a design lab, but it had, it had like a bunch of shit. Like it was, um, basically I, I bought two slabs of wood from like Home Depot, went back down to campus that same day. I had traced his Keyblade and Illustrator and they basically had a wood cutting machine where it would read the Illustrator file and cut the shape out. Oh man, yeah. So I, I would it. kill for one of those things. Yeah, so I had essentially two copies, and a friend of mine helped me like carve out the shape. Like I was lent a Dremel, went to town on it one whole summer, like carving it out and painting it up. And I somehow managed to get into New York Comic Con that year with it before they went a little bit more strict on their um, weapons policy. <laughs> yeah. With its material and whatnot. Um,. I believe that was a year later, like 2013. I th- yeah, it was. 2013 or 2014 was when I made that. Um, and then, I mean, I pretty much haven't cosplayed in a while. I mean, yeah. as you can probably tell by my profile picture, uh, Prompto from Final Fantasy 15, that's my go-to now, mm-hmm. if I can manage. Although I think it's pants don't fit me anymore. I, I feel... I'm gaining weight. I, I, I feel you on that. Uh, there, there's quite a few cosplays that'll be there. I can like just barely fit now, where I used to be able to fit them no problem, and stuff I just cannot wear. So I've been uh, working out again, pretty much. <laughs> That's what I'm doing this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The the funny thing about my Groudon cosplay, which is my newest thing I made, um, the iteration, the first iteration of that torso, I had to essentially re like retrofitted again to be a bit wider because i i didn't realize how much weight i gained from the quarantine i was like oh man <laughs> dang <laughs> i was going off of like pretty much like old um old templates that i generally keep and for the most part like every other template i made was uh just fine uh but like the torso one was just like oh nope you you gotta refit this bro you cannot <laughs> you cannot do this uh the way you did it before so i <laughs> i get it 
Yeah. Yeah, no, speaking of which, so... Yeah, I got a couple of your cosplays here. Um, like, yeah, speaking of Groudon, um... So is that... Is that, like, half-finished? Like, almost fully... Or... It's, like, um... It, it's, like, mostly finished. Um, that was initially something I didn't want to, like, try to, like, rush a bit for, um, Otakon, but... A lot of people wanted to see it, so I was like, you know what? I, I, I like I said earlier, I'm, I'm always the type of cosplayer to like have no issues with upgrading and, and doing all that sort of stuff after the fact, and and it was finished enough to where like I was, you know, still proud to to uh, you know bring it out there, and, and it got like a very positive reception. So I'm I'm glad I did, but I'm currently uh, in the process of trying to find like a, like pretty highly detailed. Um, pokeball models like 3d print models to print those out i want to have like a little kind of like uh slings i ended up during the convention without like realizing it i i had finn as well from uh star wars episode 9 with that look and he has like a a little like kind of uh sling like satchel like backpack thing and i ended okay. up using that to carry a bunch of my stuff so the next time I bring that to a con, I want to like not have that particular backpack. Have one more kind of in line with uh, the design I have for Groudon because he's supposed to be uh, like it's it's like this weird headcanon where like Pokemon don't necessarily exist. So like the trainers have like honored their favorite Pokemon by like making armors based off of them. So it's kind of like this post-apocalyptic yeah. sort of deal with the trainers, and I just want to have this like sling pack where he just has like a whole line of all the Pokeballs he used to use. And um, I'm going to have like actual thigh guards because that's something I couldn't um, uh, like finish in time. So I'm going to have thigh guards right there. And then, uh, but for the most part, and then I, I guess like gloves, um, like armored gloves that have, uh, you know, sharp points on them. But outside of that, that's, I guess, uh, for the most part finished. But yeah, yeah, those are the upgrades I plan on making. Cool, cool. What made you pick Groudon? I, I love he's like one of my favorite legendaries uh, and usually uh, when like people pick Pokemon they do like evolutions or the starters um and I always just were, or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but they also a lot of people also do legendaries and uh, I don't see too many people do Groudon um you know oh. so I, I thought that was like a pretty cool uh, niche to carve out for myself that was uh you know challenging because Groudon has such an interesting design iconography that it was very very uh tough and, and challenging but fulfilling to kind of how does that fit on like a human body design wise uh how right. can i how can i do it in a, in a way that where people can like tell from the front and the back like silhouette wise that i am ground on i think the most interesting part for me was designing the helmet because you want that. I was going to say, look. yeah, the helmet's probably the most impressive part of it. Because it's like, that was, I imagine that was the defining factor of the whole yeah. outfit. Yeah, because if, if you don't get that right, like, sure, people can, like, maybe tell from your 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 shoulder pads and your torso that you're crowned on. But, like, if you don't have the helmet, that's, like, the first, to me, big, like, design you see of Groudon. Like, his, his look and his kind of, like, pretty flat head. And I, I like the idea of like helmets that kind of have that sort of like design thing where the eyes are on the side and they're not in front. So it's like this kind of like when you put it on, you can't necessarily tell the person under it. It's kind of like this weird look that makes them look a bit more like a monster in that way. Mm. Um, I, I always loved helmets like that. And it was really cool to kind of design a helmet um, 
to to be like that and just kind of again figuring out foam wise how it was gonna like lay together like pretty much it ended up being like a hail mary uh where i was just like i think it's gonna work out like this and i hope i hope like (laughs) like, it was like it was a freehand pretty much like I, i just took i think like two different like slanted pieces like you know cut them out at like um 45 degree angles so they fit a certain way and i was like okay if these two pieces fit together on top of this like the ending piece where like the the eye parts are and stuff like that then i know i can kind of go through with the rest of it and when i realized to first try that that's what that you know it it was successful i was like okay thank god i don't have to go back to the drawing board on this so um, you know um it's it's actually interesting if you look at the initial stills I, I shot before Otakon, you'll see that I have like a, a a chin strap for the um for the cosplay that I, I always had in like my my art drafts because I tend to draw it out before I um like uh, a rough of the of the um, armor before I actually put it to to three D just to kind of conceptualize it and stuff. Sure. But when I wore it at Otakon, I actually ditched it. Um, because it, it was creating a, a, a weird like face shape for me um, that I, I didn't like, and um, the other thing that I was doing was because since it was so thick, because then uh, foam chin straps kind of have to be a bit secure. You don't want to like rip them while you're trying to talk to people. Um, it ended up creating a thing where the like long parts that are like very thin foam ended up like jutting out a little bit, and it looked very <laughs> awkward. So I ended up ditching the chin strap, which I'm kind of glad I did. I, I like the the look of um, you can still see the kind of the human under it and kind of the rugged look I was going for um, when I was wearing it. So yeah, yeah um, I guess that goes to show like never be afraid to kind of throw away and add on pieces as you go if you feel like that'll better encapsulate what you're going for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The um... I've only did one Pokemon Gajinka, and it was mostly a Clada cosplay, but I managed to pull together mm-hmm. a uh, Greninja outfit. And nice. I mean, his his defining piece was the uh, his I guess his his head shape, like his his yeah. end or like his ears. So the way I finagled it was, um, I bought a headband and basically created his fins, like attached to the headband, out of Warbler, and like painted it all up, and then like I had. I cut out like shuriken ninja stars like fabric and like glued them to like these very cheap like sweatpants food sweatpants i already had i had like almost like knee pad that i got from like a dick sporting goods like white knee pad over my um kneecaps that's the word i'm looking for yeah and uh like a blue jacket and then like a long a long red scarf to mimic his tongue and then i also just made a couple Ooh. of uh, made a couple of throwing stars also out of Warbler. Um, I still got pieces of that back at my um, back at my mom's house. Um, and then, oh yeah, I, I did um, Aquaman's Trident. Nice. With, uh, I, <laughs> so like, I bought a Devil's Pitchfork um, from I think like a party store website. Boy, did I not understand the height measurements because that thing was a tiny-ass thing, like, for a baby <laughs> Halloween costume. So I had to, and, like, I had already attached it, like, made it all together, and I couldn't get the top part out because I figured I'll just get some, like, pipes or, like, dowels from, like, Home Depot or whatever. Yeah. Or, 
or no, 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 we had like spare like pipes or stuff like down in the basement. So in order to get the top part, like the three pronged part off of the devil's like pitchfork, I I literally went to town on it with an exacto knife to saw it off. Ooh, that, and ooh. I managed to get it yeah. <laughs> it was that, that was a trip. <laughs> um so uh other cosplay I got written down here. Um so you did V from Cyberpunk. Correct? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, probably my most expensive <laughs> cosplay. Just the jacket alone uh, was, I think, at the time I purchased it, it was like three seventy five or something like that. And then, ah. and, yeah, yeah. Um, ah. <laughs> I, I, I. The only reason why I bought that is because quite literally, it was like right off the back of me doing a um, a commission for someone and then that's when I think around the time we were starting to get, to get the pandemic payments so I was like if I don't buy this now I'm never buying it <laughs> so so I, I made sure I looked around like to so many places um, but I ended up landing on this guy called Tom Rusher on Etsy uh, does very amazing work I don't his his shop is like a, a little like on and off all the time so I, I think I don't think he's available right now for that particular jacket um and I ended up buying it, and it was, to his credit, it was better quality than what was advertised, like, full stop. And Oh, that's um, always fun to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, thankfully, it wasn't one of those cases where, like, it cost a lot of money. I bought it, and it was, like, nothing like how I wanted it to be. Um, so, yeah, what, what ended up happening was I, I bought that, and then um, I ended up getting, like, rich collodion, which, like, when you put it on your skin, it, it tightens it so you can get that, you know, the, the cybernetic sort of look. I ended up 3D printing uh, the Vindicator pistol that they have. Um, I think it's called something different in the game, but at the time it was called Vindicator. Um, that was that was a fun project to print. Uh, that went relatively smoothly. I still have the, the gun. Um, I might print out a second one and uh, smooth it out a bit more. And... Um, mm. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what I did, and the reception to that cosplay was really, like, I think that might be my most popular cosplay, because I, okay. I ended up pushing it on Reddit and pushing it on Twitter, and I know from Reddit, like, the amount of people that uh, asked for where I got the jacket, because they were looking for it, too. I actually, uh, the, the shirt, uh, I bought that just from the CD Projekt Red store. Um, but the mm. jacket was like the the star, you know, because it, it glows and it looks it looks exactly like the the thing. Um, it's just very well done. So I remember getting a message from Tom one day, and he was just like, "Bro, you know how many orders I fucking have now <laughs> because you, because you posted that." Um, so we ended up becoming like really cool. It, it was it was very uh, oh, flat, flattering to to see. Um, you know, cause you know, that, that hasn't happened to me where I just brought someone else like so much, you know, orders and stuff. And I, I was yeah, very happy. Business, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy. Like when, when you do work that good, you know, and, and, and you're, and you're not like hard to work with, uh, it was very nice about updating me on when stuff was happening or when there was going to be a delay. Um, he deserves all the all the all the love and all the the work in the world. So I was very happy to to provide him with that. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. 
Uh, even the photos I took that ended up being the ones that took off. I remember the first try I had at taking those photos, just everything was going wrong. The rigid collodion wasn't drying well, ended up being very windy. So like the, uh, I was like, ended up, I think, doing a photo shoot outside because my, it was like during the summer, my parents have like these gazebos up that are very well um, closed off when you have like all the stuff onto them. But yeah, it was like a strong windy day. So like, it blew the top off, and then my like my setup ended up getting blown all over the place. So it was oh, like, no. ah, is this like an omen for me not to shoot this? But like the next day, <laughs> oh, no. the next day I came out and and you know I tried again and and all that sort of stuff. And I took like I I I edited that stuff so hard. I um even with the edits, I spent like so much money just getting like cyberpunk uh stuff for Kitbash using Blender to like render a bunch of stuff. Um. And I was like, as much money as I poured into this thing, I hope this takes off. And it, it did take off. Um, like I said, it's like one of my most popular cosplays. And mm. it was it was very cool to see the reception. I had like so many people be like, I thought this was an in-game screenshot. Or why don't they have this hairstyle in the game? And I'm like, I wish, because I would I would love to look like myself. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was a really cool reception. It was very yeah. humbling to, to have that happen. Yeah, no, no, it speak, speaks for itself. Those photos came out really freaking good. Thank you. Like the whole outfit in general is just like really, really great. Thank um, you, thank you. And then I also got um, Miles Morales. Um, my heart and my love, love him to death. <laughs> you look good in the suit, and the photo edits were just phenomenal. So I'm going to guess ahead that you essentially ordered the suit. Uh, yeah, I, I ordered it. I forget if it was from Zentai Zentai or Zentai Zone. I think it was from Zentai Zone. Um, and it was just a blank suit. Um, it didn't have any 3D puff paint on it. I did that by hand. That was probably the most painstaking thing I've done. That took two days to do in a way that I wanted it to, to do it. Because, you know, with, with puff paint... Um, if you screw up, it's, it's very hard to kind of, like, wipe it off because, you know, it dries in a way. I think the, the, the version I had wasn't, like, matte, so it was, like, very easy to tell when you screwed up because it was going to dry very mm. uh, semi-glossy. So I wanted, like, a, a basketball look, um, like, somewhat inspired by the MCU uh, Tom Holland suit design, but I didn't want all those, like, lines and stuff like that uh, it to be, like, a, a tad bit over-designed, so... I was really focusing on like the top part being like a basketball sort of design, and then the bottom parts being like pretty smooth and having like just thick kind of lines on the on the legs and the pieces. But yeah, that was that was fun. And then that speaking of expensive purchases, the the face shell which I did didn't initially have, I saved up for like I think a year outside of like just you know stuff I need to like pay for life and stuff. So it took me a bit longer to save up for it, but um. I ended up buying one. I forget the face shell man, uh, person that made it. Uh, so hopefully he forgets me for not remembering his name after remembering uh, Tom's. But it's it's a very beautiful face shell, um, and that costs three twenty five. So that was another again expensive purchase. But I was like, listen, mm -hmm. I've been wanting a face shell for a while, and I want to complete the look. And then later on, because um, it it came to me, it was already painted, so it was like glossy red at the time. And I think. Um, a couple, like a year or two later, I ended up uh, taking it uh, upon myself to make it more of a metallic kind of fire red for the lenses and, and stuff like that on the outer edges. 
Uh, and uh, that that is where we are with the current look today. I ended up, I think, foam smithing. They ended up becoming like really old and decrepit. So I gotta, I'm thinking of 3D printing, like designing them and 3D printing them out so they don't break down as easily. But I had these like, um, like web shooters that were, I think, based oh, off okay. of off of the the ones that Nick Fury gives Miles Morales. Like those are silver, but they're a little like thicker designed, and I like that look. Um, so I ended up making like red ones that had like black accents on them and, and the like little cuff thing that, uh, cuffs them together. It's meant to look like a spider's body, like a, like a, hex, a hexagonal spider's body. So I definitely want to recreate those. I don't have them in my newer, um, edits, but yeah, those are my favorite things on the suit. Cool. Cool. Yeah. No, it's, um, so you got a. It was a blank suit, and you just like puff it. Wow, Jesus. Yep, yep. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, that was out of a desire because you know I, I love puff painted suits, and you know when you can get a good one for people who like, cause, you know, that was just me being an amateur. Like the people who really know how to do it and can really make like screen accurate suits, I always love those things. So I, it, it was more born out of like I want to try my hand at that to like make it at least a little bit more kind of realistic because you know I don't think. You know, it wouldn't be completely smooth if a Spider-Man were to exist. It'd be a bit textured and stuff like that. And, you know, these suits do come with, like, their own sort of kind of uh, screen-printed textures from designs on them. So I didn't want it to look as flat as it did when I first got it. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, you, 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 <laughs> you're talking about, like, how, like, your most expensive cosplays or, like, the most expensive pieces. That just got me reminiscing about... Um... So when I made Way to Dawn, that was for Riku's uh, Dream Drop Distance design. I managed to I managed to find the vest um, mm -hmm. for a decent price. It was way back when. I think it was like forty bucks. Um, and then like I used my own pair of pants that matched what his were. And then I couldn't really find his um, Dream Drop uh, shoes, so I actually went with his shoes from KH Two. Ah. Um, but then when I wanted to do KH3 Riku for New York Comic Con, like the last one that I went to, I think, before shit hit the fan, yeah. um, God, I, I, I misjudged all of the measurements and the sizes yeah. where the pants were falling down, so I legit had to grab my uncle's belt when I was staying at their house for Comic Con to hold it over myself so it wouldn't, like, drop down. Yeah. Uh... I think I eventually trashed the whole thing because I did a photo shoot with um, Kadu out. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I love him. Yeah, he, he's a bomb. But So we did a pose, and we did it. We took a shot. I wasn't watching where I was going, and I fell. I didn't realize I was, oh. on, an I didn't realize I was on an elevated platform. I fell, and the pants got shredded. Ooh. Oh, no, that sucks. And... Um, he was like, "Oh God, are you okay?" And I'm like, "No, yeah, I'm fine. I didn't. I wasn't looking. My bad. I was just, you know, just walk it off, walk it off." And um, I don't even think I used um, because I also bought off of Etsy from a seller. I mean, it's been years, mm. so like I can't remember where I got it from. But that was like over a hundred bucks. Like I bought his keyblade. Again, misread the size. That thing is yeah. huge. Like, yeah, bigger, bigger than the one that I made. So like I actually. I actually had to stick to using his way to dawn, but I actually bought um, one off of um, Spirit Halloween ah, just, to, okay. just to be safe with the weapons policy and all that. 
yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I still have that, but um, yeah, I think I ended up trashing like the jacket and the pant, and like I technically, <laughs> I technically could do it again, but like through um, I think when KH three came out, Hot Topic had their line of clothing, and mm-hmm. they had a KH three Riku like hoodie that's usually like worn during the spring and summertime. Oh my god, it's perfect. Like just how it looks and the pocket and everything. So I think if I ever were to, um, oh yeah, and I was a dummy, and then I realized because I mean you probably had this where you think you you like double check, triple check everything before you go to the con, and then you get there and you miss something. Yep, I've had that happen plenty of times. I forgot his wig, so I had to buy it at the con. <laughs> yeah, I forget. I forget. It was, uh, I think, Katsukon 2020 before everything hit the fan and stuff. And I forgot, like, a bunch of stuff for my cosplays. I was like, bro, I had to, like, run around. I think the thing that was most frustrating was when I was doing my Hades Champion, which I worked on for so long. And, you know, I don't really have um, uh, soldering experience. So instead of using the, the things I, like my soldering iron that I uh, have and trying to line up the uh, the wires to, you know, make it um, look good for the parts that needed to glow. I ended up using, like, these fairy lights that needed watch batteries. Uh, <laughs> oh. Just a word of advice. Don't use anything that needs a mass amount of watch batteries because they are very expensive. And especially um, where we were, you know, because it was the Gaylord, everything around Gaylord, like, the price hikes up because it's con season. So mm-hmm. I remember having to run to CVS, and I was only able to get enough watch batteries for my helmet. And I was so, like, deflated because um, that was around the time where I started becoming cool with Jessica Negri, and, and she wanted to see the cosplay. So I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, man. Um, so I ended up taking a picture with her without the lights on because it was, it was bright anyway, so it didn't really matter. But... um thankfully i found the lights like the next day and i was able to take like a bunch of cool pictures so um yeah uh that that was bad but yeah that was i can understand like just missing stuff (laughs) yeah yeah it it, it, oh my god it it really takes you it takes you out of it like if you miss like one if you miss one thing you better hope to god it's not something crucial because then otherwise you just feel very defeated like well do i even bother wearing this cosplay like yeah yeah it's, oh god yeah yeah no i remember you i mean i didn't know who the hell you were back then but i just realized Fair enough. We, we both we both were at that castle 2020 yeah. i think just wore cinder goes of that year that was that was a weird year i <laughs> i remember because um you know they they have the pose nightclub open like every single year there's a for two days like friday mm-hmm. and, and saturday so uh, I think it was a Saturday uh, we were supposed to go. And I remember me and Jess being very excited because we were planning on like hanging out there. And then we went there. And for like, the first time I've seen in like all the times I've been to Kazakhan, it was like pre-booked for someone else. It was like pre-booked for all these like older uh, black uh, people for like Black History Month. And I would say... Huh. As a black person, that was the first time I was mad Black History Month, uh, you know, kind of slighted me in that way. I was like, no, I wanted to hang out and get drunk. So, like, everyone had to kind of, like, funnel. <laughs> everyone had to kind of, like, funnel into into the lobby. Um, oh, and my that, God. 
you were like I'm pretty sure you were there. So that was like that was a shit show. I remember like being in that lobby, you could go to like the four ends of where that lobby stopped, and there'd be like four different types of, of parties going on. It was the weirdest like way for that uh like night to be and considering what happened after the fact of the pandemic that was like the weirdest way to the weirdest version of that con i've seen so even though i wanted to go to Casacon this year but you know i do just due to circumstances and omicron and all that sort of stuff and a bunch of people yeah. that I, like, I i maybe would have went because i'd been to uh, otakon and i was like pretty safe and they just put the new um, I don't know why they waited until like a month before, but they just put like the the you have to be vaccinated to go to Katsukon. So I was thinking about it. But at this point, like so many of my friends have dropped that I really wanted to see that like there's really no point in going. But I think yeah. this might be the, the first time maybe since its inception that the the amount of people who go to Katsukon isn't so bloated that you won't be able to move around, which is what people have been. They've been trying yeah. to do that for so many years. Uh, having ways to like reduce the amount of people that go to that con, I and mean, who would have thought, you know, doing it in the middle of a of a pandemic with a virus <laughs> would be <laughs> what needs to be done for you to thin out the crowd. So it will be very interesting to see the the gazebo level, especially because that's where most people oh yeah. end up being. Um, so yeah, that, that that's gonna be interesting. I was second guessing myself. I'm a dumb shit. No, cat. The last cat con I went to was 2018. Okay, 2018. Okay. Were you there? Mm-hmm. I think so because I think I saw <laughs> I saw your like Facebook profile pop up um, in sharing memories with Anya. Um, yeah. And she was wearing the same dress that I could. I was rooming with her, like with all oh, all, okay. all that. Yeah, she was part of my room group that year. Okay. That's when I met her. Yeah. Um, I met her in person that same year. Yeah. Um, we were we were friends for I think a year, but that was the first time. Uh, I met her in person, so. She's fucking rad. Yeah, I, I love her to death. She's so she's so cool. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so I forget much of 2018. I think that was a pretty decent year for me personally. Yeah. Uh, at that con, it was, it was. I mean, it was packed as always, but it wasn't like anything crazy going on. So yeah. No, I mean, I got I got fairly lucky. So like, Casucon 2017 was the first time I ever went. Because I always okay. wanted to go, and then 2018 went where essentially I lobby conned it. I didn't buy a pass yeah. at the convention itself, and then yeah, I, I, the, I lobby conned too. <laughs> I think the year after they were like, "Okay, you either need to be staying at the Gay Ward or getting a pass to Catacon to like be in the area." Yeah, because I mean, both times we stayed at a local or a nearby hotel. It was like a mile, like a not that far of a walk. Um. Yeah. No, Pack Pack East twenty twenty was the con was the last con I went to. And that mm-hmm. was like right when everything was going to shit. Yeah, that, that had to be on like that uh, like literally right before they started doing the lockdown stuff, I imagine. Yep. I'm oh. looking at I'm looking at my photo right now because that was that was the year uh F seven remake came out and I was able to get a demo ticket. I'm looking at the demo ticket Friday, February twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Just Oof. in time. Yeah, man. And then, well, I'm like, I'm, I'm very nervous. So, Pax Eat was special for me because that was the first year I got to go as a member of media under my own content. Like oh, represent, wow. Like, representing my podcast. 
So, so then this last year they had their online event and I applied for media. I got it. I don't have the email, but I essentially screenshotted like the message, like the content of the message Yeah. where, um, they said that if you get a media pass for the online event for 2021, you'll also get a media pass for any one of our in-person events this year. Oh, wow. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I read it right. And I essentially like submitted a media application for this year and I haven't heard back yet where I actually did reach out. And my guess was, cause they opened up media applications like a few weeks out before Christmas. So my gut was like holidays delayed it. And they were like, yep, holiday delayed it. We'll reach out to you soon. So I'm like, fingers crossed. Like, I hope they go, I hope this pulled through. Cause yeah. <laughs> that's the only con I'm willing to travel to at the moment and be yeah. extra careful. Cause I've been, I haven't gotten it yet. So like the virus that is. Yeah. 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 Oh, lucky you. <laughs> I, I had it in 2020. Um, not, not fun. I had it quite literally at the tail end and yeah, that, that sucked, but you know, so yeah, well, I'm glad you're still around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. Me too. I can't leave this mortal coral yet. I haven't done enough. Yeah. Uh, how much I gotta do. Yeah. Um, so I guess you know you got your you got your um your art mm -hmm. that you make um I guess going into more detail like how's that been and then I'm gonna go segue into your voice acting stuff um okay so then let's start with your art because I know you basically I mean you draw I've seen them they're good <laughs> uh, how, <laughs> uh I guess. The question I'll ask is, what goes into you picking who you want to draw? Honestly, I'm very eclectic with my tastes. Like, uh, it's it's very hard for me to, like, pin down definitively a lot of times who I want to draw. Because there's times where I want to draw a certain character, and then I'll see, like, one thing. Like, it doesn't even have to be the character that I then am interested in. It just might be something that might evoke what that character is. It's like, oh, nope, suddenly I want to draw that. So... Um, you know, that's why I, I'm not the fastest when it comes to illustration, because, like, again, I'm so all over the place with my inspirations for what I want to do that I have more of a backlog of art that I either have kind of almost, like, started or I have started, and it's either, like, the flats are down or I started, like, the roughs um, than I do have of, of finished pieces. But, you know, that's, again, that's the life of an illustrator. You're probably going to have more work-in-progress stuff than you are finished stuff. But, you know, mm -hmm. when I finally get a character that grabs me and and you know i really like the design i like the uh, the work i i do uh, a kind of like 3d 2d workflow where i use this uh application called xna laura um because you know i'm a fan artist I, I do a lot of fan art so um it helps me to have those 3d models um to like <laughs> help them and, and kind of have references in that way in different angles to see like you know what kind of thumbnails like how are they going to look uh like on a on a on a wall or when you see them in the thumbnail or you know when you see them on twitter you're kind of like passing by like what's the silhouette going to look like so um you know i've kind of pivoted into more like pinup stuff which i'm you know i'm okay with that i i i enjoy it it's fun i get to learn like figures like muscles and, and you know skin and how that moves um and 
been trying to get a lot more into mimicking how like skin pores look on on uh, on a human being. As weird as that sounds, like you know, I'm always huh. trying. I'm always trying to like figure out ways to kind of elevate what I do. Um, so I think the Loba piece is is quite possibly possibly my favorite in terms of that because I've I did a lot of like tricks to to kind of mimic uh, skin and, and and folds and lighting and stuff like that. And that's got like probably I would say the best reception um, so far that I've had uh, with my work. So. Yes, it's get it's it's making a rounds. I think it recently got like a second wind on Twitter. So, um, nice. yeah, I, I really it's just it's therapeutic when I can get into that mindset and, and finish a piece of work. Because again, it, the 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 planning and the routine of it is probably the longest process for me. Because once I nail it down, realistically, I could finish something in like maybe a, a day to three days or something like that. Um, okay. So, re- so relatively that. To, from what my friends say, that's like pretty fast. I think it's you know, and with with like as many trends that like move forward, I feel like I'm a, a, a tad bit slow because I'm not really, um, and I'm not saying this to sound cool, but like you know, I'm not really someone who's into trending stuff unless it's like a character I really enjoy, like Lady D, uh, Lady uh, um, Dumitrescu. So you know that I'll draw like when that's hot because like I, I I'll just be so wired into want to draw that that it's whatever but um you know i think to somewhat to my detriment with the way social media moves um me not being into like the hottest thing is kind of oh yeah somewhat hurting to my to my end goal you know of being like you know someone who's more known as an illustrator graphic designer whatever you may be but you know i just draw what i like to draw or what people commission me to do um outside of that so yeah i it's crazy, like, people's perceptions of trends, like, I think I, I saw, I actually, I actually don't, I, I think it was Anya that posted once, like, is it too late to do an Encanto cosplay? And I'm like, what? Did yeah. you just come out? We yeah. too late. What? <laughs> yeah. What uh, the hell? <laughs> I've seen that sentiment, like, again, trends move so damn fast that even if you're, like, a couple days to, like, a week off, people will be like, ah! old news move on to the next thing and to me i don't feel like art should be treated like that it should not be that consumable um you should be able to appreciate what people bring to the table years after a property comes out and you do have characters like that that have that longevity um and you know i i was actually talking about um tiktok trends uh with cosplay in regards to that because i think that's like maybe not exacerbating the problem but like it's definitely a part of that trend like you know speed where you know everyone's trying to like rush to do these characters and, and act like them on TikTok and you know move on to the next thing so it, uh, in regards to like illustration um it's kind of like that too where someone you, you know they, they might be more willing to sketch uh something just to get it out there um I don't really like releasing sketches like that like I'm the type of artist where it's just like oh I, I'll, I'll do a sketch I'll, I'll be more reserved in how I draw and then Again, I, I just finished the piece. And it's like a fully rendered piece. It's like I gotta, I gotta get more comfortable with like being a bit more scrappy and a bit more loose. But you know, I've been right. doing it for so long that yeah. Uh, at this point, if if it's not like a fully rendered piece, it's kind of like to me, it's not fully presentable. Not but I, yeah. you know, but when I see other people do like stuff like that, I'm like, man, why don't I do that? Because like it's so like people see again, they they 
they put it out a lot faster and the yeah. way that they do sketches like it can look good like no one says a sketch has to look like a caveman drawing or anything like that it's just right, right. the way my brain's wired that's how i kind of go through the steps of illustration no yeah to be honest like the whole trend thing like i try to i mean i kind of felt this briefly last year with my um with recording podcasts and just trying to get episodes out can be difficult where sometimes I can do solo episodes by myself but I much prefer like the guest format and just yeah I mean I gotta tell myself like it, it's not me it's just trying to get schedules to work where I'm trying to like get um other cosplayers um to either talk about themselves or especially if I'm, I'm trying to talk about a con they went to like recently I want to try to get that out like within within a month Mm-hmm. of after the con being done otherwise it's like old news and it's just yeah yeah very disheartening when i can't try to get that thing going yeah no that's fully understandable um so we talked about your art and then you briefly touched about your voice acting with getting started through little big planet yeah 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 so um in regards to that i think Again, last year, just due to the pandemic stuff, I actually fully invested because um, the room I live in is technically a room for two people, so it has two closets. But um, you know, my sister, who used to I share the room with, she she you know left. Uh, that was like forever ago. So I finally took it upon myself to turn my closet, like one of my closets, into a booth and get like a a a, a, a Yeti X. I think is what I have, but I'm trying Ooh, to save up okay. to um trying to save up to get an actual um xlr setup because that's like the 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 industry standard and stuff like that so mm. um last year i made my demo um now i've gotten some some like smaller indie work due to that some non-union work um but i'm still you know trying to cut my teeth and all that sort of stuff so that's not nearly as developed as like my illustration or my graphic design or my cosplay photography but again it's something that i've been wanting to do for a while and i'm glad i took the plunge to try to um, make the the road to that smoother as I go along. And, you know, voice acting is such a fun and expressive thing that uh, even if I didn't get like a lot of roles, I just, I just do it off the cuff just to make sure I'm like, you know, still, still doing something. So I'll yeah. do like a lot of stuff that like nobody will ever see just to kind of, you know, just get in the mood, test out my, my vocal range, my accents, like things like that. Yeah, yeah, trying to keep your skills sharp, mm-hmm, that sort of thing. Pretty much. I, I, I mean, I try to do that from time to time with my own graphic design stuff if I'm not doing stuff at my day job, mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that I'm still up to up to snuff and not having other people think I'm a fraud or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, imposter syndrome stuff. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. I, I'll sometimes get that a lot if I'm stuck on a project at work where I'm having difficulty trying to figure out the design or just like stuff because I, I, I love where I work I get like praised there constantly but I just I get this feeling in my head like oh god I, I, I mean I hope I'm living up to the standard that I'm being that I was hired on because yeah uh, it's just boy and then I'm I trying to train of thought train of thought train of thought I gotta stop being all. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
enamored by new tech to try and like constantly improve my podcasting setup. Yeah. When I have like honestly a solid setup, like I've got I've got two Yetis. I've got a normal Yeti and then the Yeti Nano, which I was using for like streaming on Twitch. Mm-hmm. But uh, due to the limitations of my laptop, I mean, it's a damn fast laptop, but it's just, like, mainly the uh, lack of ports. Yeah, oh, man. I've got a MacBook Air. Um, I, was, I was very lucky enough to be in a position with um, friends working with or at Apple to give me a discount. Um, yeah. Where I essentially trade in, like, a MacBook Pro for one of the... Uh, current like 2020 m1 macbook airs oh nice. Oh my god the thing's a beast but i mean like lack of port and i would try to use like a usb hub and it doesn't really work that well when streaming because it's like yeah it, it needs a lot of resources and power it's pretty much splitting the power to like multiple usbs that's not designed to do that for so and like as far as i'm aware like i recently like so i'm still twitch streaming um on my schedule that i have now set for myself and like mm-hmm. I'm taking a page out of um, Intraventus's book where I'm not focusing much on the numbers anymore. Yeah, that's best, the it, best way to do it. I got, I get zero to, I get like one to two followers or one to two viewers every stream. I yeah, that, who they that's are. me. They don't talk in the chat. It's whatever. I mean, like if they do, they do. If I get lucky, like I get lucky in like getting a raid. I actually know Anya kept me company on one of my streams recently, so that was really sweet of her. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, no one's really complained, but, like, as far as, like, I'm able to stream from my Mac, but, like, it's got two USB-C ports and then a headphone jack. So, one USB-C port going into the charger and the other one going to the capture card, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I'm aware of, I'm assuming that the built-in microphone is okay, as well as, like, the in the built-in, like, camera. Yeah. And then, like, headphone-wise, I, I was able to um, save up slash splurge on a pair of Audesi headphones. Ooh. Um, which I learned about from being, I'm um, going to media at PAX, like, the year before shit hit the fan. Yeah. Like, I was interested in, like, their headphones because they had just, I think that year, released their own line of, like, gaming headsets for, like, PS4 and Xbox. Yeah. And then I was just talking about it, and I was just weirdly fascinated by, you know, the kind of quality and then, like, learning that, you know, this brand of headphones is used by, like, sound engineers and, like, recording artists and, like, mixers. Like, oh, shit. So, I mean, these, these were, like, I think the headphones that I'm wearing right now, they're, like, they were, like, 400 bucks. So, Woo. and I keep telling myself, cause then I get all enamored by like the whole Logitech, like wireless headsets. Like you don't need it. Yep, <laughs> you have yep. a perfectly damn fine pair of headphones. Stop wasting money. <laughs> yeah. It can, it can like, you know, especially when you're like for me, um, like with my graphic design and stuff like that, uh, you know, you need to kind of keep on top of how, like with my workflow, like a uh, workflow, like I said, I use blender and all that stuff that needs a lot of computing power. Um, and even right now, like, I, again, you were talking about like friends, like, uh, having you be lucky enough to where you can, uh, use them to get stuff at a discount. Like my friend, he, uh, helped me buy, uh, a 3080, uh, for, for what I need to do. So, um, that, 
that's helped me with, and you know how hard those are come uh, are to come by. So I was very grateful that <laughs> that for me. But as as a consequence, I'm currently paying that off. Still, I got that in like like late November, and I'm still like trying to pay it off slowly and slowly. So like right now, I'm just like Avery. You quite literally bought one of the most top-of-the-line cards. You do not need to buy a processor or buy any other stuff for, like, voice acting or anything like that. Just focus on what you got right now. Computer is quite literally above average. So don't try to be like, oh, but I can, I can save up yeah. and get this or save up and get that. Like, no, you're good. You are good. James, okay. stop looking at the fancy podcasting mic that Elgato puts out. You don't fucking need it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, well, cause speaking of which, you mentioned a 3080. I I told myself this year, you know, I was going to get it. I was going to get it. But then, like, I was just like, fuck it, my birthday's next week. I managed to find and score a PS5. Like, nice. A couple of weeks ago. And... Welcome to the club. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I actually threw, like, generous stuff that happened at work through the holidays from like holiday parties and whatnot i was also able to snag a uh for relatively cheap and not really making a dent in like the gift card that i have like i got a copy of a uh, guardian of the, the galaxy so i'm actually gonna break that into stream either tomorrow or or on my birthday stream depending on how um final fantasy 14 goes in terms of like accepting my freaking payment because as of now, I was able to, like, still play it through their free trial and whatnot. So it's finally going up. But it's like, I swear, their website is such a hassle when trying to, like, input credit card information. And, like, they don't show you if it went through or, like, they don't show you a way to, like, see the cards that you have on file. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, I mean, if it goes through, it goes through. If not, I'll get it fixed and then I'll just play Guardians in the meantime. But, yeah, yeah th thankfully everything went... But it was like, my in my head I was like, okay, so like they put out like Sony put out their new controller, their fancy colorful controllers. Like, yeah, I, oh yeah, let me get the, I, let me get the I, blue I, controller first, <laughs> and then the blue faceplate, and then I'll get a PS5. That didn't happen, especially yeah. when the weird thing with how it was charging uh, a gift card that I had. Like every time I tried to pre-order the blue controller, it kept charging the card. What? So I was That's losing, crazy. I was losing money off of the gift card, so I was like, "You know what? You don't think I don't think you're gonna get a lot of multiplayer games. You only ever had one controller for the PS4 anyway. Just stick with the white one." Yeah. So then yeah. I told myself, "Just get the fancy blue faceplate," because I'm, I was shocked at like how, I think like two or three days after I got the PS5 and set it up, how freaking dusty the thing was getting. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was I, like this thing is a magnet for like white and dust. It's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, for 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 me, I I got the D brand plates like last year, like the V ones before they came out with those, frankly, really ugly V two plates after getting like su uh, almost sued by Sony and they had to like change the design. Um, and I think currently I have a like a standard white controller and then i had two controllers i had two white ones and then the one i got at launch got like really bad uh stick drift oh. um so i ended up having to buy because I, I play with like my niece all the time when it, whenever we play like stuff on the ps5 um okay. so 
I am at the very least need two controllers, so I end up getting the so black you have one. Have an excuse, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have an excuse. Not that I want to buy it because it's it's like seventy dollars, so it's as yeah, much as a video game. <laughs> um, so that was like, it, like quite literally, me buying that was just like a. I I need if I don't buy it now, then I probably won't be able to get it, and I know my niece is gonna kill me for that. So I I, I gotta I gotta nab this black one. It's like the only one in this Walmart. It's calling to me. I gotta do it. So I ended up getting that, and I I love the black controller. It's really cool, but the colorful ones. I I'm looking at that blue one myself, and the purple. The I forget if it's like galactic purple or something galaxy like that. Purple, galaxy purple, galaxy purple, starlight blue. No, I got. I mean, I got tempted to try and get the blue one later on because I was when I went to go pick up Guardians, I saw the black and the red one in the GameStop, and I'm like, oh, God, they look pretty. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, you 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 got the console a lot earlier than you said you were going to. Just yep. keep it. Get the face plate because I have a Best Buy gift card. I'll wait till they're in Best Buy and then I can get it for less than fifty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just stick with the face plate and you're good. You're fine. Just... Ugh. Yeah, yeah, man. Those, uh... I told myself that was the only birthday present that I was going to get for myself because I essentially did the same thing. Um, the gear of the pandemic, when I first was, long story, was able to move out into my own place. And at the time, I had a Switch light. Because my younger brother moved out first, and he took the switch because it was technically yeah. his when we got when we got it in twenty seventeen. So I got the Pokemon Diamond, or not Diamond and Pearl, uh, Sword and Shield Switch Lite that they had. Ooh! Because I thought to myself, you know, of all the times I was playing the Switch when we had it, the OG Switch, I was always playing in a handheld mode. So I figured, why not? Yeah. But then came Christmas twenty twenty. And that Animal Crossing Switch was talking to me like, get me, buy me. I was like, Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> so that's currently my setup. Um, and then like these Pokemon Switch Lite is just in the box staying there forever. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as is my PS4. It's now boxed up since the data transfer went over well, thank God. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, uh, how good are you on time? Uh, I think I might have uh, 10 or 20 minutes. Okay, cool. And we can like kind of almost wrap this up. Um, I mean, now I'm just like going through the hits of like common questions I'll ask during every podcast. Um, yeah, go ahead. In terms Sweet. of like guests on for the first time. Uh, do you have a personal favorite convention memory or favorite con that you've gone to repeatedly that's always been fun for you no matter what? Uh, okay, uh, I don't know if it's like, I can't really think of personal favorites, but I don't know why this popped in my head. This is more like a series of like embarrassing memories than, than anything else, but it's I'm like past the point where it's like actually embarrassing. But um, for the longest time... Um, Whenever I ran into Celestia at a convention, I did not know what to do because you know I, I that was like back when I viewed a lot of like bigger cosplayers as like monolith and like they weren't like not like they they were people but you know they were like celebrities and, and stuff like that so like I'd get very clammed up around Stella Chu 
And I think the first time I met her was back when Otakon was still in Baltimore. And I just ran into her. I was like, hey, how you doing? She's like, I'm oh, doing good. And then with all the infinite wisdom in my brain, I asked her, well, what are you doing here? You know, what brings you to this convention? And she was like, uh, cosplay. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember because my friend like pushed me to talk to her because I was like, again, I was like, oh my God, like she's right there. What do I do? And I just look over and she just face palms so hard. And it was, it was again, at the time it was like very awkward, but I, I laugh about it now. And then I, I think it was like maybe a year, two years after. Um, I ended up seeing her again and I had like a, a lot better time like talking to her, but I remember asking for a picture and the picture was so awkward. Like I made such a weird, like awkward face. And so that was funny. Uh, 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 but then the third time I met her, uh, I think it was like Katsukon 2018. Uh, I was at Pose and I actually, you know, had a nice conversation with her. Um, ended up getting a picture and I looked like a normal human being. So it was like this, this kind of funny progression of like, being comfortable around bigger cosplayers and it's actually funny like half of the people i know that are considered you know bigger cosplayers i ended up being friends with the moment i dropped the whole like viewing them as as monolith thing like and you know as soon as i did that yeah i i ended up becoming friends with with people that i never thought i'd be friends with and they're the sweetest people that i've ever known in the community and they were so real and down to earth and oh i guess i guess I guess that's really the memories I have. It's just like meeting people and just being friends with them and having the great laughs and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and just being able to be myself at these conventions is like really the, yeah. the, the things I love the most about going to these places. So it's, again, outside of like the more embarrassing stuff that, that I laugh about now, it's not necessarily about like, I guess like, hardcore streamlined memories. I say this and then as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm like, damn it, I remember a memory and I should have said that during the during the podcast. <laughs> but you know, uh yeah, <laughs> you know, I can't I can't necessarily think of stuff now. Actually no, I, I, I do have one. Um it was might have been my first Otakon, maybe my second. Um uh I met Wreck It Ronnie for the first time. We were cool up until that point, but that was like, you know, we were planning like on meeting each other in person for the first time complete sweetheart, lover to death. I remember belting out uh, Kendrick Lamar in a 7-Eleven with her. And all the people, all the more Baltimore native people in that 7-Eleven were looking at us like we're fucking crazy. But it was such a, yeah. a bright, positive, like raw memory with, with her that it cemented our, our friendship, I think. And, and that's something I always bring up to her and we always chuckle about. Um, so yes, just like pockets of stuff like that, that like really, like not even necessarily tied to con the convention itself, but like when you could just shoot the shit with people, it's always, uh, you know, nice and it, it elevates you. It makes you feel very, uh, very and loved. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the mindset, you know, when you, when you talk about that and like, I'll, I'll, I'll recall like seeing people seeing like well-known cosplayers being sort of i guess the word is like just uncomfortable when people name drop them and like i mean yeah. I, I do but it's like i don't want it to seem like i'm name dropping them because it's like oh i'm i'm not i'm a big yeah 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 that's that's, that's what you always that, have to look out for <laughs> yeah yeah it's like i mean like because i still get like all nervousy when i see oh yeah just at a con i'm like i've known her for like going on 10 years 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better in 2012, and it's just like, dude, like, and like we've had like very um, heartfelt talks like at cons, especially when my dad was still around because he passed away in 2017. Mm. But um, because I mean, she was a big fan of the two of us, like, cosplaying together. Like, he was, he was known amongst all the girls as, like, cosplay dad. Like, <laughs> like going back to when he stood, because he was my convention buddy. Like, going to cons uh, in, like, okay. New York and, like, because the one duo that we did together was, like, he actually got into cosplay and made himself by hand, or, like, just buying stuff off of the shelf and whatnot. Um, we went as steampunk Riddler and he Ooh. was Riddler, and then I was steampunk New 52 Red Nightwing. Um, oh, wow. Based off our own visions or ideas or designs that we had for them. Um, Those are the cosplays I love the most, where you have to, like, really try to be out of the box and, and, and think about it. Yeah, that that's what kind of made me like New 52 Red Nightwing, because I don't see any Red Nightwing. Like, everyone just goes to his default blue, which is kind of rad. Like, yeah. I'm the outlier. But I mean, like, yeah, speaking of, like, other memories, just, like, um, I remember, you know, like, Anya and I would talk about, like, when she mentioned it in her streams, how, like, me and her got really close when we were rooming at Capcom, the one that we met at, um, basically going for early morning coffee runs with me, her, and Momo, um, just, like, bonding over getting Starbucks coffee, and it was the yeah. best. And then... Just another one that I remember where I was, this was like the, I believe it was the same year I met her, the same year I met Jess, um, after Packed East, um, she was at Comic-Con in New York, and, um, you know, I was just waiting in line to see her, because her and Monica at the time, um, they were like doing a signing and whatnot, yeah. and, you know, it was almost, it was almost getting ready to go, and I was half paying. I was just staring at like all the lines everywhere, and whatnot. And you know, we get to see her because she. They were talking about like um, you know, having to cut off the line for them yeah. for the two of them getting ready to go. And you know, my dad told me afterwards, like, did you hear what they were saying about you? I was like, well, wait, what? Like, we, you know, like, yeah, they were getting ready to go. It was like, no, I gotta see James, and then we'll go. I gotta see him, and then we'll go. So I was like. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like oh, me? My heart. Yeah, yeah. I'm that special. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, I love stuff like that. Yeah, like kind of. I mean, I'm pretty sure it is for you. Like cosplay is essentially giving me a second family. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, um, it's funny. Like when you're talking about that, I actually had a few memories, like actual like memories, like spring up. Um, it's kind of like um. Uh, something similar, maybe not as similar, but um, it was back when she was called it's it's Booba Fett. She's now known as like Kenzie Logan, but um, oh, I love Kenzie. I remember meeting her for the first time, just at a at a random hotel party at Katsu, and you know I was I was in my Genji, and I was just like I I think it was, I was having a rough day, like my thigh guards were just like falling down and stuff like that. Cause I another like hard thing with my cosplay is like building thigh guards that actually like, fit and sit snug and tight. So I was just like, ah, I'm kind of defeated, but you know, met her and we just like exchanged eye. Oh, um, and that was it. And then I met her the next day and I said, hi again. And then after that, we just became friends. It was like such a 
like interesting way just exchanging like two highs and then suddenly it's just like oh hey you know what's your facebook what's your twitter and you know from that um, we we were friends um another memory i have which is from katsukan 2020 is i met etika um oh and God. and uh that was like you know i'm not gonna come up here and try to say like i was the biggest etika fan of all time like i passively looked at his content and i enjoyed it i enjoyed like a good number of his stuff but you know i wasn't like at every one of his streams and you know a hardcore uh joy convoy and all that oh, sort yeah. of stuff i, I, I mean I, I came into his fan base late i know my yeah brother, yeah way my, younger late. Brother, my younger brother used to watch him like way back when he was doing like fire emblem playthroughs mm-hmm. no i think his smash brother stuff really got me into him and yeah his uh, uh his, oh, God. very like you know uh, Etika, I would say, is one of the prime examples of when you see someone who's that like electric and that that like bright and that like you know I guess to some people like loud, expressive, and stuff like that. Um, you don't necessarily think they're they're like that in real life, or they're that chill in real life, or they're that genuine in real life. Like you think they're putting on an act of some form. And when I tell you, I, th- I forget who, because it was another situation where like a friend egged me on. It might have been his ex, um, Alice Pika, and uh, but don't quote me on that. I, I just know I was hanging out with her at the time. Um, and I went up to him, and it, he treated me like he knew me for like the longest time. He he said hi. He I was like hey, you know I'm a big fan of your work. I I just started looking at your work, and he and he had to go, but he was straight up like, oh yeah, I'm going to a party. You want to fucking you want to fucking come to this party, bro? Like you seem pretty chill, and I couldn't go because I had like other things I needed to do with other friends. But like just for that like fleeting moment, that was like maybe like a twenty second conversation. Uh, um, yeah, the fact that he made me feel that comfortable and and that like that much like I was just a bro is something I won't forget. And unfortunately, that was like the same year he committed suicide. So like. You know, just to have yeah. that, like that one and only in-person memory of him, and and then see what happened afterwards is, is like such a tragic thing. But I'm very blessed to even have that experience with him. Yeah. Um, and that's like a memory I'll always cherish. So I'm glad that I was able to have such a pure and 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 down to earth memory with such a, a great guy. So yeah, uh, yeah again stuff, stuff like that that's that's going back to like just having these these sort of like pocket memories yeah yeah Al- alice is a sweetheart i know we were uh, talk- we, we've been talking like because she want we wanted to meet up with each other at pax yeah. east the year 2020 so we did that cause i think i had met her previously i can't remember when but um yeah oh my god See, now, she- just, <laughs> now well now i'm just now i'm just thinking back to like how Essentially, like, people could say, like, the the entirety of, like, Smash, um, the second volume of Fighter Path, it was Etika's mm. Fighter Path. Yeah. Just for some bizarre reason, all of his favorite characters, you know, Min Min and the Bin Bin and all that shit, it was like, everyone got in, like, how? Yeah. I, I really I really wish he was able to see that like last fighter pass like with with Sora and shit like that. I know he would have fucking went off, but he, he he's he's looking down upon us like you know yelling and shit. I'm sure you know. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he would. Yeah. Um, the the funny uh memory I have with Alice, I, I also misremembered. I don't think Alice was the one that like egged me on to talk to him. It might have been someone else uh, that year because I think I really met her 
in um in 2020 i think 2019 was uh when i met etika but i remember meeting alice and she was like cold one night so you know i gave her my hoodie because you know whatever and i i had to chase her down for my hoodie for the rest of the weekend because she wore it the whole weekend so that was like a, a, a fun she ended up giving it back to me like the last day but it, that's like one of the funnier memories i have of hers my hoodie back <laughs> what are you doing but yeah so um again i think that's something else that like you know strengthened our friendship but yeah I, I love i just i love again small memories like that where it's not necessarily about the con or being in cosplay but it's just these moments with people you meet and people you wanted to meet and it's you know your vibe and it's genuine and you know stuff like that that's the stuff i appreciate the most the connections yeah. one one hundred percent so i mean i'm definitely looking forward to when cons come back for a real like more on a normal schedule i mean yeah. i am i am taking it safe you know with yeah, the step virus by step. still going on and like I think PAX East, should I be able to go and one other potential con in the summer? My only cons for the year at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, yeah, it's, um, yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much time you got left because I had one thing in mind, but I know that the thing in mind would probably be a winding down topic because... I mean, I feel, again, it's just that thing where I don't want it to feel like it's a forced thing that I always bring up, but, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. every, everyone everyone has their own experiences, so, like, with you, I guess the question I, it is is just, like, how has it been being a POC individual, like, in the cosplay space? I know I've asked that for... I think I've asked that to Alice. I've asked that to Falafel Cosplay. Yeah. Um, I've asked it to Akakioga. Yeah. When I had her on the show. And I mean, like, everyone's had their different experiences. So I'm just curious uh, what it's, it's been like. It's interesting because, uh, you know, a, a lot of my work is, is armor-based. I wear helmets. So in some, like, morbid way, I feel like I'm blessed enough to not necessarily get passed over as much as other people because you know with, with especially black people in cosplay it's it's you know um a lot of photographers uh they don't they don't want to shoot us or they they say they want to shoot us but they don't know how to light us and and stuff like that or they may not put their all and same thing with like conventions it's, yeah. it's you know the ratio of of black people that are are you know booth uh, people or, or become cosplay guests is thankfully growing um yeah. and, and 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 is on the increase but it's still like nowhere near uh where we are and it's still like an interesting thing where even when we are offered things it, it may not even be to the level of white cosplayers you know we may not get paid all we might get is like room and boarding and then if we ask for pay they might pull out or they might be like ah well i mean we're already giving you room and boarding and stuff like that like i've had experience like experiences like that where you know you try to negotiate a fair a fair um you know way to be a guest at a con or something like that and they and they try to give you the runaround and then you hear from you know people who who are you know white who guested at that con and they're like they didn't give me that sort of trouble um and it, it sucks oh, and, 
And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to call on any of those cons because they're, they're smaller cons or local cons. And, you know, I don't think it's worth that. Um, so, but yeah, even outside of like the guesting and stuff, it's, it's just, it's weird to navigate through the cosplay space, especially when it seems like in a lot of ways, and especially with Black History Month coming up, the only time they really pay attention to you is when like you can speak on the hardships of of being a black cosplayer and stuff like that and i'm and um, yeah i i i will fully admit that i used to do that sort of thing back when i had my blog so yeah so based, long story short this show spun out of a blog that i ran which yeah. was covering like cosplay conventions like my main shtick was picking an outfit that i liked of whoever made it and then talk about how it was possibly made, how the photos looked, how all that sort of thing. So I, I essentially ended it in 2020 during the pandemic because I just didn't have the drive to like make new posts anymore. Yeah. Because no, no one was going to cons, no one was making new outfits because of the pandemic shutting everything down. But I mean, I will fully admit, and I want to say that I essentially did change where, you know, I. I totally did the whole, you know, February, focus on black cosplayers, focus yeah. on them. And then eventually, I think I saw that, you know, people were getting tired of it, as you said, that was like, oh, February is the only month where they pay attention to us. And it was like, you're right. And I'm sorry that I was like that, but I wanted to hey, change man. that. Listen, so. it's, it's, it's all about growing as long as you're able, because like, I get it, you know, Black History Month is a month dedicated to, you know, uh, the history of black people, right? So it's an easy month to just, I think more so uh, in, in, in like a headspace, get a a, a renewed focus on, uh, you know, if you're into that, like black cosplayers or black artists and stuff like that. So I get it. But, you know, from a, from a point of view, you know, of a black person, a black cosplayer, there's been so many times where, you know, uh, I've gotten asked for like an interview or, you know, they, I've been asked for like pictures to get put up on a site. And, you know, it seems like one moment, like, oh, hey, like, you know, they're interested in me. But you have that, that you know, fleeting suspicion where it's like, oh, once the, you know, 28, 29 days, you know, end, uh, are they just going to suddenly act like I don't exist anymore? And unfortunately, still, like, more often the case, that is what happens. Oh, um, so, you know, it's, 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 yeah, again, it's, it's, it's how trends work unfortunately but i'm glad we're starting to very slowly like extremely slowly but still kind of move the needle in you know regards to you know kind of put our foots down and be like yo like black cosplayers we exist we're here you know we're we're tired we're not trying to dump on the the white cosplayers or the or the fair skin cosplayers that exist you know a lot of these people put in the time they put in the work they put in the effort and it's not their fault that, you know, the system still exists to uplift them in an easier way than, you know, darker skinned people of color and especially yeah. cosplayers. But, you know, for us to to really kind of put our foot down and, and carve our way in and, and be like, you know, we are here, we exist, we make stuff as well as the next cosplayer and we will not be denied any sort of, you know, recognition for that is is very very cool and i'm glad that you know now it's not just oh we're only going to talk to black cosplayers because you know the the flavor of the week 
you know, white. Oh my guy god, who, flavor of the week. Who oh said god. uh who said like, Oh, you're not allowed to be that character, they're white. Like, you know, that's when a cosplayer got uplifted. Like, you know, I know you said you're trying to learn, but you know, this this whole podcast so far, you know, up until this point where you yeah, you know, it's a very important question to ask. You asked about my experiences, but that wasn't like the encapsulation of this podcast. We were just like, oh, you know, what's the last racist thing that happened to you last week as a cosplayer? Like, you're, you're not going about, you know, talking about um, black cosplayers and approaching them in that manner. And, no. you know, the, the fact that, you know, you, you're willing to do that. And thankfully, other, other you know, people are willing to do that um, and treat us like we're three three-dimensional people not just like the uh, oppressed person of the week is is, is very nice yeah. you know because we we well, would love a lot. thank you <laughs> oh yeah no problem uh you know it means a lot that we are focused on for our craftsmanship for going and doing competitions yeah. for you know sewing for foam smithing for even if you're buying cosplays just for how well you look uh in the cosplay um you know, and, and going to these conventions and just your work ethic. Because, you know, I, I don't have the best work ethic. You know, I, I, I tend to kind of be a little lackadaisical on what I do. But the fact that people could recognize when I am, you know, in my zone, in my bag and, and doing what I need to do is very, very uh, humbling for me and, and, and stuff like that. And to not have that be so encapsulated by, you know, how oppressed I am as a black cosplayer it's nice because it's not like it doesn't happen. Like, a, you know, like I said, there are many steps that I think the, the cosplay community can and should be able to do um, just as easily as we condemn, you know, bullying and cosplay just as easily as we condemn uh, sexual assault and cosplay. Um, you know, there's steps that need to be taken to make, black and, and other people of color um, feel welcome at these conventions. And again, right. thankfully we're at a, we're at a bit of a slow shift where, you know, non black people are saying this and they're, and they're stepping up and they're defending, you know, their, their friends and stuff and, and being like, yo, like these people are good, put them in, in, you know, roles and, in being a, a guest or put them in the them spotlight, give them the recognition they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and calling out, you know, their peers who don't do that. And then, and then try to, you know, put a black square on, on Twitter and Instagram saying we love black people, stuff like that. So, <laughs> so you know, um, I'm glad that exists. I'm glad there are people who are genuine allies out there, but you know, a lot of work to do. I'm just going to keep doing my, my thing. And, and, you know, while not, you know, shutting away my blackness, because I don't think that's the point of, because, um, you know, that's an excuse. It's like, oh, why do you focus so much on your blackness as a gospel? You should just work on your ethic. You know, I can't take that away from who I am, nor would I want to. You know, I want people to see that a black, you know, a black man can build armors, you know, especially a black man with disability. Um, you know, yeah. I can build armors. I can go around and, and, and do this stuff. I think that's very important for people to see. I've had like people walk up to me and and tell me like yo like how did you build this and I tell them and and I guess they can see the passion in my in my in my mannerisms and my voice and and that tells them hey you know now I want to get into it um which is another good thing that a uh, memory I have at cons so like as long as I still have that power to do that as a as a black man in cosplay 
um, you know, I'm I'm going to keep doing it because whether whether cons end or you know they they suddenly get dusted from I uh, the 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 landscape, I still love to build. I still love to show people my work, and that's not going away. If if I have you know one follower, if I have a million followers, you know I. I want people to, to to know that I love it for the craft. And, you know, would I like to be a bigger cosplayer? Sure. You know, I'm, I'm still kind of building up because, you know, my my account in, in 2020 got suspended uh, for something. So that's unfortunate. So I'm like trying to rebuild myself. But thankfully, the <clears throat> network I have from that old account is so strong to where, you know, I don't have 5,000 followers like I used to have. But this the small amount of followers I do have, you know, those are people who stay in contact with me, who interact with my stuff. And, and you know, I'd rather have a smaller community of people who believe in my work and interact with my work, love my work and share it. Um, and, and I have a support system than like 5,000 people who, who may not, you know, care about any of what I do. And they may have followed me at some point and, you know, don't yeah. care remember who I am. So, you know, uh, as, a, as a black cause, hmm, second. No, I was gonna say this is like a nice circle back to like not giving a shit about numbers anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, now more so just building the community that you have because it's like, I mean, like yeah. across social media, I don't care. On Twitch, I don't care anymore. And like, even with this podcast, I don't care because yeah. I just I see my current listens. I think the last time I looked, I have like over nine thousand listens through the Anchor app. But then on Spotify, it's like a much uh, like several hundred. Of listens and streams, so like that, that that keeps me going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing, right? Like with with numbers, I'll never necessarily agree with those who have like 10k, 20k, 100k, a million followers who then come out and say, "Oh, numbers don't matter." Like they they matter. Like don't don't try to make people feel otherwise about that because you know that, that creates a side effect where people who do care about numbers and understand that you do need numbers to kind of you know get to certain stepping stones um you know it makes them feel yeah bad. and yeah. i think i think we should have a more nuanced conversation about algorithms and numbers and how they do matter but you shouldn't be so beholden to numbers you shouldn't that, be obsessive of them that the numbers define your worth yeah, yeah. Like, like I was saying, like when I when I lost my my initial account and stuff like that, I was I was devastated, right? Like you, you lose all that progress, and I'm still trying to make some of that up. But you know, through the help of my friends, I restarted and stuff like that. And and you know, while I would like to have that shiny five thousand number that I worked so hard for and finally got in 2020, um, you know, it's uh, I'll get it one day. You know, I'll get back to that point. You know, you never know when, you know, I might make a cosplay and then suddenly I blow up and I have even more followers, right? Um, that, that like, matters in, in the grand scheme of the numbers game that you have to play with these algorithms that are ever-changing. But, you know, you should never want to do cosplay or illustration or graphic design or voice actor or anything just with the base, you know, thing that you want to do is to become famous. You are going to have a miserable time so yeah like oh, yeah. Work, work, <laughs> on your, work on your numbers work on your image work on how you are perceived to people build that catalog build that community you know i don't think you know it's it's healthy and, and even helpful 
to say that numbers don't matter, but you need to be able to separate that from why you do the things you do in the first place. Hell, even do something because maybe you, you just need extra financial uh, help. But like, yeah, like don't don't be so worried about the numbers that the moment you you have like, oh, can I get like a thousand people on on the Twitters that follow me? And, you know, you only were able to move like half of that suddenly. Oh, I'm a failure. Like you, you shouldn't view it like that. No, no that's unhealthy. And, and, you know, it, it loops back to like viewing the bigger cosplayers as, as you know, celebrities and monolith and and then kind of taking that and internalizing it in a negative way is like, oh, I can never be that good. Like, don't view it like that. That is a, a, a very unhealthy way of viewing it. It's very hard to not do that because, you know, with the way social media exists, you're always going to be fed that sort of content. You're always going to be fed someone who might be better than you. But, like, guess what? There's almost always going to be someone who is more talented, you know, more well-versed, even if it's in a shorter time. Like, if you if you start viewing that, and again, the numbers game and, and the game of like, oh, uh, I'm not as good as this person, you're not, you're not going to get anywhere. And, you know, you need to compartmentalize, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say, how you view these things without necessarily feeling like you're getting, you have to like throw them away completely because the, a big cosplay with, cosplayer or artist with a bunch of numbers said, that numbers don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> honestly, that'd be a, a solid way to wrap things up for good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, welcome to Who's Line It Anyway, where the points don't matter. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel sometimes. That's really how I feel sometimes. Uh, rules are made up and the points don't matter. Anyway. Yeah. First episode. The, the algorithms are made up and the, and the points don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Actramon. You got it right. I was going to be like, can you do it? Can you do it? That... Can I do it? Can I do it? <laughs> okay. Where can people find you and your work if they want to follow? All right, so I'm on Twitter. If you want to follow my cosplay stuff, it's uh, twitter.com slash octracos, A-C-D-R-A underscore cos. Uh, same thing with my art channel, Octra Art, A-C-D-R-A underscore art. Um, if you want to follow me on Patreon, that's just patreon.com forward slash octraman. I mostly do illustrations there, but sometimes I might post cosplays and stuff. Um, and same thing with my Instagram, Instagram.com slash Octraman. Okay. And then, I mean, at this point, you guys should pretty much know where to find me, but in some bizarre case, if you don't, it's Blue Lightning Cost on Instagram, where I mainly will post the episodes. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter. Be warned. Oh, fuck it. I get horny on Twitter. It's not my fault. Listen, it's not my fault. Listen, I get horny on me too sometimes. You can't help it. Listen, we're in a pandemic. Let, uh, let us let loose let a little bit. No, we not know enough. Pe we know enough people that uh that, that 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 do you know not safe for work stuff. Where it's like, listen, it's man, a female I'm a dominated industry. I you know want to find out. Look, come on. I, <laughs> I want to support my female friends. So. Sorry if I share a butt every so often. You guys, well, some of you guys know what I draw that we're going to view this, so shouldn't even be surprised. Do not shame me for hyping up OnlyFans. 
yeah. support your sex worker friends. Absolutely. If there's nothing else to be gained from here, support your sex worker friends. They deserve it. They work hard. Honestly, that's another uh, thing I'm going to end on. Some of the most hardworking motherfuckers I've ever seen in my life. Oh, Absolute. my God. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. That's, that's the set design that they have to do. Oh, my God. If I had half of the energy these sex workers have, it's like it's like they're fucking on crack energy. I don't know how they do it. I, I had a friend who quite literally during the month of October for, like, uh, Halloween did a look per day. They said they'd never do that again. But the fact they even pulled that thing off is insane to me. If so, I had the energy yeah. that my sex worker friends had, y'all be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be pumping out a lot more cosplays in just, like, one a year, if that, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed, be horny on me. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Put that and on you a can, shirt. Yeah, put that on a shirt, oh my god. And you can also follow me on Twitch, where I stream Tuesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. I'm going to be diving into Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't wait. And I'm also playing Final Fantasy XIV and then a bunch of stuff on the Switch. So, dude, thank you so, so much for joining me on this episode. This was a blast. Thank you. you. (laughs) Thank you for being patient. I I know this was supposed to be, you know, we were trying to plan it out a bit earlier than this. But, you know, thank you for being patient. Oh, of course. Stuff happens. Schedules can be difficult. I... I know this by now. (laughs) (laughs) Tons of rescheduling, and I just got to be patient with everybody. And it it Mm -hmm. all works out in the end. Yeah. All right. Just stay tuned for the next episode, and I'll catch you all next time.